Some of the best marketing lessons we can learn don't come from textbooks and they certainly don't come from business school. Sometimes we learn those from things all around us and from history. One of the most intriguing marketing lessons that I've learned comes from Baden-Powell in the 1800s. He was defending the small city of Mafeking in South Africa. Now, he had only a small contingent of soldiers, and he was to defend the entire city. To make matters even more difficult for him, he was almost bereft of supplies and resources to defend the city. And so for 217 days, he had to sit in this city trying to defend these young men who were his soldiers to keep them alive and to keep that city in command. And one day on a Sunday, they didn't fight on Sundays, and so the soldiers crawled out of their foxholes and went to church. And as he was looking through a telescope at the oncoming army about a a, a little ways off in the distance on the hill, he saw that the soldiers crawled out of their foxholes, and then they army crawled on their forearms and their legs a a little distance out from their foxholes and that was a signal to him that they had barbed wire. He couldn't see the barbed wire through the telescope but he could tell by the way that they they hid under things that they had a large amount of barbed wire around their, their, their strongholds and it scared him. He knew that the army, the oncoming, he knew that the oncoming army was much more powerful than he was. So he sat down and he brought his soldiers in and he said, let's make our city look lived in. And so he spent days and days ordering the soldiers to grab fence posts and dig and put in fence posts all around the city and pretend to string barbed wire. And every time they came out of their foxholes, they would crawl out a little distance to show that there there was barbed wire everywhere around this city and that it was well defended. He also saw that the oncoming army had landmines and they were digging them and putting them all around their strongholds. So he, so Baden-Powell ordered his soldiers to grab tin cans and fill them with sand and dig them all around the city. The soldiers sweating and working day after day, night after night to prepare these fake fortifications. They didn't have the dynamite. They didn't have the barbed wire, but they wanted it to look like they did. And then they didn't have any cannons. And this was perhaps the most difficult part of defending the city is they didn't have any any actual firepower if the oncoming army had decided to, to come in and overtake the city. So he ordered his soldiers to build turrets all around the city, dozens of them. And then they would fire a cannon from one location and quickly wheel it over to the next location and fire it again to make it look like they had enough ammunition to fire with abandon and enough turrets all around the city to defend it. And then he was worried about spies of the over, of the oncoming army and they, that they would find out about his fake fortification. So he posted a sign in the center of the town that said, there are in town today nine known spies. They will hereby be warned to leave before noon tomorrow or they will be apprehended. How quickly do you think those spies left town? How afraid do you think that oncoming army was of of invading Mafeking? As it turned out, he defended the city for 217 days. The other army on the hill, ready to pounce and destroy Mafeking that had no fortifications, but they didn't for one reason. Baden-Powell made his city look lived in. 
The same principle is true in marketing. When I, when you're walking through a flea market, in fact, I was in one a couple weeks ago. I was looking through, I was in a tourist city in Costa Rica and there were souvenir shops all lining this little street by the beach. Now, as we walked through some of them, you, we saw that the, the little shop owner did not have anybody standing in front of them. And we spent less time looking at those. And then we walked a little bit further along and there was a little crowd kind of surrounding one person showing off their little flutes and we peered over to see what was happening very interested in the flutes and my wife decided she wanted to buy one now the interesting thing that i saw about that was as we spent the next couple days in that city those same flutes were everywhere and there was nothing special about this this flute that we bought from this particular shop owner the only reason that we chose to put our business there and buy this little flute souvenir there is because there was a crowd and there must be something interesting happening when there's a crowd in marketing, especially when you're the small startup, when you are defending Mafa King and you don't have the resources to create professional video, you don't have the resources to create custom features on the website, you don't have the resources to make great design for your website. The key is we need to find every way we can to make our little cities, our little businesses, our startups look lived in. Let's make today the day you start the business that will change your life. You'll learn how at Income School. Income School is about taking your income into your own hands by creating a website that people will love, building a following, and earning a living online. And now your host, Jim Harmer. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to episode six of the Income School podcast. I'm glad you're here because I want to show you something that I have seen many online businesses mess up. It's a small step. This will be a short episode, but if you skip it, you're going to delay how long it's going to take for your website to really get traction, often for months or a year. And that is that when you go to a new website, we all make snap judgments about where we are. We have to. We need to, to decide what's good information and what's bad information, what's reliable and what's not reliable, what's going to give you quality information and what will be full of lots of fluff. When you go to a website, you can immediately understand something about that brand. If you go to a new blogger website or something at wordpress.com, then you're going to see, oh, this is a new website. It looks bloggish. There, there's no, uh, you know, those grayed out little icons, you know, as seen on CNN and NBC and the BBC, as, as we see on many websites. Uh, there, there's no comments on, on the posts. It says, come join me on Facebook. And you go to their Facebook page and they only have 20 people following the page. We make judgments about the resource that we are learning from according to what kind of crowd is there. Somehow, we need to make our new startup websites that don't have a crowd look like they are lived in. And I'm going to show you how to do it today. Now, I've used this this technique in the past to huge success. I, I really do believe that by applying the principles you're going to learn today, you can put your blog five or six months in advance by making the people who come there feel like this is a good resource. 
I learned this not too long ago on one of my websites, improvephotography.com. I've always I've built up quite a, a following on Facebook. I had about two hundred fifty. I had about 150,000 people who followed the page. And it took me years to, to build to that point, but I was glad to have it. And I decided to do a little change of the design of my website. And in a very prominent place at the top of the page, I, I said, you know, come follow us on Facebook. We have 150,000 followers. Immediately, overnight, I started to see our Facebook numbers leap forward. We're now adding a thousand people every single day onto that page. And at the time of this recording, we now have almost 300,000 in a very short amount of time, all because people come to the page and they see, wow, you have 300,000 people who like this page. There must be something good here. There, this must be good information that's happening, that's being given out. And so they follow the page. It's made a huge difference by giving what marketers often call social proof, by showing that people like this. There's a crowd here. You're going to want this information. So we need to to figure out how to fortify your tiny little city that has nothing to to uh, defend it with your little new blog. And so one way to do it is you need to tap into the resources that you already have. You just will slow down so much more if you don't beg plead, do whatever you can to get all your friends and family, all your personal friends on Facebook, ask them to go like your new page, but more importantly, ask them to call in questions to your podcast, ask them to go to your website and comment on every story, every article that you write. You really need to make it look lived in. Another strategy that I have found is to when you're starting your website, write five or six guest posts for big blogs. Now, those are not easy things to get. Little blogs, sure, they'll post any anything you write for them, but you want to get some of the big blogs, so you're going to have to really work hard to write excellent content and submit it to those blogs that do accept guest posts. By doing that, now you can put in the sidebar of your website, so you know, as seen on, and then name other major blogs in your industry so that people say, when they come to your, your site, they don't say, what is this? They say, whoa, how did I miss this one? Then the people who are very interested in your niche will say, huh, looks like he's been all over the place. How did I not see this before? And then they'll be interested in liking the information that you have. Another thing is you have to remove anything that says, I'm small time. And there are two things I think that that uh, do that to your website. One is most blog templates, most designs for WordPress, the themes will show in a prominent place that, uh, you know, six comments on this post. Well, as you're a new blog, they're all going to say zero comments. Now, that's just a red red flag immediately when people come to your website that, whoa, this is new, this is junky, I don't know why I'm here, maybe this is just a spam website, I don't know what this is. And so you want to make sure you have either removed that from your theme, which is the way that I do it until I, I get the site built up, or if you are going to have it, you have to beg and plead for everyone you know to comment on your site so that you can get that number built up a little bit. I think that's incredibly important. And then the other thing is you really do need a good quality design. 
do not skimp out on purchasing a, a WordPress theme. I Again, I have my resources for doing that at IncomeSchool.com slash WordPress themes. Go there and I'll walk you through some of the best themes out there. They're not my own. It's not like an advertisement. I'm just telling you which ones that I think really work for a newer website. Um, so do that. Get a good theme because that's going to show a, a professional face. Now, I don't think when people come to your website, they they immediately look for these clues. When I go read a blog post, I don't look through it and say, how many, how many comments does this have? I'm not going to read this unless it has at least 15 comments. We don't do that. But we do see these little clues all over the website. How many comments they have, if they have other blogs linking to them, if it looks like a nice design, if it shows that there's, if it just looks lived in. We see those clues, whether we're intentionally looking for it or not. And we see so many websites that if we don't have any of that, it is going to be a clue to the person that this is not a quality resource, even if they aren't consciously thinking about that kind of thing. So we need to work to make our sites look lived in. Do everything you can to make that happen. Another resource, another technique that I've found to make your site look lived in is The same is true not only of a website, but also of a podcast. When you start a podcast, you know, you're going to be chucked in new and noteworthy like many, many other podcasts, and people are going to wonder, are they really going to make it past episode 20? So many podcasts fizzle out uh, very shortly. They pod fade shortly after beginning. And so a couple things you can do are, one, start with 10 episodes to start with, and then you're making episode 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, and then while you're a new and noteworthy, people see, oh, they're already past the 15 mark. This is uh, not just a new site, but you, you say, how did I miss this before? They're already 15 episodes in, and it looks like good and information. You're going to need to beg and plead your listeners and for your friends and family to go provide an honest review of your uh, of your podcast on iTunes. It was partly for the SEO benefit if there is one on iTunes for that, but also so that you can make the site look lived in. Make that podcast look lived in. Another way to do it is go to a conference in your industry and walk around with a recorder. Every time you meet any big name in your industry, hit the record button and ask them to say, you know, this is Jim Harmer and you're listening to the whatever podcast. I've done that before as I interview guests on my podcast. After the interview's over, I'll say, hey, could you just do me a favor and say, hey, my name is, and then say their name, and you're listening to the Improved Photography Podcast. And then at the start of every episode, I can play that that little clip, and it's immediate social proof to my audience that this is a good source of information. It looks like that big name really likes the, the that resource. The same thing is true when we listen to the radio. You'll hear all the time on a country radio station, if you can survive country music, you'll hear, uh, you know, this is Clint Black and you're listening to KIDQ uh, and... And you, th- you know, it makes it, wow, Clint Blackery even listens to this station. And really, he's probably recorded thousands of them for all of the stations around the country. But it makes it look like that is a good resource of information. So when you're starting your blog, don't look like the feeble nothing that has, that can't produce quality content that doesn't have enough interesting things to attract a crowd. 
go through your website and make it look lived in before you worry about trying to get faces and and people coming to your website. Traffic is great, but it won't do anything unless you can make yourself look big enough like you're a quality source of information that will keep them around, liking your page, joining your newsletter, and eventually becoming customers. Thanks for joining me in this episode, and we'll see you in episode seven. When you're serious about launching your website, check out Jim's free step-by-step tutorials at IncomeSchool.com. Income School is a production of Improv Photography, LLC. Any opinions expressed by guests and callers do not reflect those of Improv Photography, LLC. Results mentioned not typical. Some links mentioned are affiliate links where a commission is earned. Some calls simulated. Improv Photography, LLC is not a law firm and does not give legal or tax advice. Always seek the advice of a competent licensed CPA or lawyer licensed in your jurisdiction before making business decisions.